Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. Once again, that's 414-250-8605. Find out more at SewerNinjas.com. As the light shines on LeBron James, our quarterback is going into the dark. We've got that, some Bucks news. We'll get into some college sports. All of that coming up on this episode of the 414 Sports Podcast, presented by Sewer Ninjas. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. This is the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas. I'm Don Wachillis. Thanks so much for logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Spotify, Google, Apple, or any of the other five platforms that we reside upon. Glad to have you with us on this particular episode. That clip, courtesy of TNT Sports and Milwaukee's very own, we claim him, Brian Anderson, who does such an awesome job doing the Milwaukee Brewer broadcasts here during the summer. What an honor to be the broadcaster there courtside for such an historic moment as LeBron James did something that many of the pundits didn't think he was going to do. If you listen to Sport Talk Radio or watch any of the shows in the last couple of days, everything was geared for LeBron breaking the record against the Bucks, The Bucks there on Thursday evening, everything was set. It would be historic. Obviously, Kareem would come out like he did yesterday, hand the ball. There's, you know, the symmetry there between the Lakers and the Bucks, and Kareem playing for both and all of the various storylines. There is no way that LeBron would get that historic moment last night, and yet, he did and there was some absolute symmetry into what took place last night LeBron James at the age of 38 breaks Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record now sitting at 38,388 points in the fact that he had 38 points last night so the number 38 was definitely prevalent in yesterday's contest LeBron looking like he's going to eclipse 
40,000 points by the time his career is done, and it doesn't look like it's ready to slow down anytime soon. His skill set, his longevity, his tenaciousness, all of those still prevalent in his game. It's just unfortunate right now that the Lakers' surrounding cast which he had a part of. I mean, you you have to you have to be honest and say LeBron has had a part of those that are now playing with him and people that he wanted on board, um, the contracts that they brought, and what that all meant from a business standpoint. The situation there, he has a hand in creating, but it doesn't take away uh, from what he accomplished, obviously, and where things are going. I think for me, in the midst of all the numbers that are being thrown out and all the accolades that are being heaped upon LeBron James, the craziest thing for me is the fact that LeBron James is 10,000 points ahead of anyone else who may be in contention of ever breaking his record. That's astounding. That goes to, again, longevity. It goes to the fact that he's kept himself in shape in in a way that others have not been able to do. I mean, we think about LeBron James now and Tom Brady and others who have kind of pushed Father Time a little bit to the side. Father Time always wins, but they've been able to keep Father Time kind of stage left uh, for a longer stretch than many have before him. So now with the Bucks heading to L.A., in that Thursday night game, at least all of the hoopla has been done. And the Bucks are on a roll. After beating Portland the other night, the Bucks have been on such a winning streak that now hopefully they can roll into L.A. Maybe LeBron will take the night off after celebrating and enjoying his accomplishment yesterday. And maybe you catch an L.A. team that has really kind of now been celebrating, been heaping the adulation upon its star, and the letdown is there to be had. And let's hope the Bucks can enjoy that letdown as, again, we start making our way into the All-Star break. But more importantly, as we put this podcast together, we now sit and wait to see if any trades will be made. Are the Bucks going to be a player in a trade to help bring one more piece or two more pieces onto this club to try and make a run at another championship, to try and get two championships in the last three years. That's going to be interesting to see. This club needs another shooter because Chris Middleton, when healthy, has been phenomenal. He's been one of the reasons why this team has been on such a roll since his return coming off of injury, and we see the importance between he and Giannis and Drew Holiday, that's our big three. But you're still going to run the risk of Chris Middleton getting injured. And we saw what it meant last year in the playoffs when Chris was hurt. The team did not operate the way we know it can operate. And we're seeing that already in the regular season. So a perimeter shooter would be great. And then somebody like Jay Crowder who can – obviously do some things down in the low post, but also has that three-point range. Those ideas would play heavily as you try to make a run against the likes of the 76ers and the Celtics once we get to playoff time. So with the fact that LeBron now has gotten the record, 
Let's see as the Bucks go to L.A. on Thursday evening if the Lakers are in a bit of a letdown and if the Bucks can get another win there on the West Coast as they make their way home back into the 414 prior to the All-Star break and playing against such good basketball. There is still a ton of basketball to be played after the All-Star break, but you have to feel good. Now, the one thing you can't do is overhype it or overbelieve in what the potential could be. You have to stay grounded a little bit. It wasn't but a month ago we were hyping the Boston Celtics, the Celtics on a bit of a downturn. These ebbs and flows, these ups and downs, however you want to call them, they occur during the regular season. Nobody runs the gamut. There's very few. Let's keep it at that. You know, when we think of Golden State or the Chicago Bulls of old with Jordan and Rodman and Pippen, when they could win 72 games and then just kind of boat race their way through the NBA playoffs, those teams have occurred. We haven't seen it as much as of late. And so you have to ride that ebb and flow, so to speak, of the regular season. You would love to see the Bucks by the time this regular season comes to a conclusion, have anywhere between a one through four seed, and then let things happen the way they need to happen. We've seen Milwaukee now not being ultimately concerned with that regular season record like they did five, six years ago. They understand now that it's about where you're seated, being healthy, and then going ahead and doing what you can do as the playoffs begin. So keep an eye on that as, again, the Bucks in L.A. And fortunately, we won't have to sit and watch the LeBron James um, festivities as we saw last night. But congratulations. He is definitely one of those you would put on the, route, the Mount Rushmore of basketball icons that have played in NBA history. So as I said in the intro, a little bit of light last night on LeBron James in breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. And our MVP, he wants to go into the dark. We'll explain in just a moment. Get into the news surrounding one Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show this week discussed the fact that he's getting set for what he calls a darkness retreat. So in a couple of weeks, he'll isolate himself in an unlit home for four days contemplating his future. Now, the reason I chose that musical piece in between segments is only someone with money can do something like this. Like Aaron Rodgers is getting to be so eccentric in how he goes about his business. It's getting strange. Like I'm almost thinking back, like when you had Danica Patrick as a girlfriend and you messed that up, that should have been a red flag for all of us as Packer fans that something's not right with Aaron Rodgers. How are you going to lock yourself in a home for four days in complete darkness when you need to make a decision that you will be 
somehow elevated spiritually in order to figure out what life holds for you. Maybe it works for him. It just seems strange, bizarre, weird to me. So his decision obviously is, do I play or retire? Do I play for the Packers or do I ask to be traded from 1265 Lombardi Avenue? This retreat, according to he, and I'll paraphrase, has no access to the outside world other than a door and food. That'll be it. So the questions, obviously, everyone's having fun with this. What are you taking with you? You're going to have a bathroom, all of the things that go in and about the discussion points that are being had nationally with regards to this story. But are we done yet? Like, this is getting so tiresome. I thought it was tiresome when we went through the whole Brett Favre thing, when we went through the fact that I'm retiring. No, I want to play another year. Yeah, I think I'm going to hang it up this year. No, I'm coming back. You know what? I'm even going to try and force the Green Bay Packers to put me on the roster. I'll fly in during the family night event and make a spectacle and show up and all of those things, and that got old. And I thought that was the the level, the epitome of how a fan base could get pushed to the limit with a player that meant so much to the organization, so much to the fan base, so much to the state of Wisconsin, and now Aaron Rodgers has absolutely taken it to a completely different level. The fact that next year Aaron Rodgers will earn just under $60 million has a lot to do, I would imagine, with that decision that he's about to make. I find it hard to believe, and I could be wrong, and maybe this spiritual awakening will tell him different, but I find it hard to believe that he's going to walk away from almost $60 million to play a game he's been playing essentially all his life. The question at hand, as far as I'm concerned, is not whether or not he's playing. I'm going to put that in the yes category. My storyline would be where. Is he coming back to Green Bay? Did he see enough out of that receiving core to think that they have a chance next season to make a push? Or is he going to then notify the Packers and say, yeah, I'm going to play another year, but find me a trade partner? And the reports are that the Packers are at least looking for two first-round picks. Now, the Jets, as we talked about in the previous episode of this podcast, they're kind of all in. They're making a big push to try and lure Aaron Rodgers. And then over the weekend, as the All-Pro game, it wasn't a game, the All-Pro event was taking place in Vegas, suddenly, you know, Vegas starts creeping in, and Aaron Rodgers playing Pebble Beach in the Pro-Am. <laughs> Finally got to hold the trophy. <laughs> Sarcastic. Um, you know, you hear a lot of fans chanting Raiders, and you get the smile, and people are reading into it and the whole nine yards. I sincerely think that he'll come back, as I noted, because he's got dang near $60 million on the table, but I have a feeling it'll be in a Raider or Jets uniform, and hopefully then the Packers, A, can loosen their salary cap constrictions based on what his salary was meant to be this season and B, that they get some capital for it. Not only should they be getting draft picks, but they're going to need a couple of players thrown in as well. They should be getting a haul for the former MVP if he decides to part ways 
with the Green Bay Packers. And before we move to the next segment, can we talk about the all-pro event that was held in Vegas? Now, I didn't watch. I I had no um, no irons in the fire to want to watch flag football, to want to watch football players play cornhole and all of the other things. Dodgeball had all of these things going on. And yet, the ratings come out today, and the ratings were much better, I think, than anyone anticipated, that people actually sat down and watched. And the people I talked to that did watch thought it was very entertaining. I don't know what that means over the next couple of years, whether or not this particular um, incarnation of the All-Pro weekend will stay the same, but I am absolutely amazed that I was ready to get on this podcast and just go off on the NFL thinking about who the decision makers are and how could you do this and how do you charge people to go to a stadium to watch flag football and guys play cornhole and dodgeball and all of these things, and yet it worked. And yet it worked. The NFL is about as Teflon as Teflon gets. Nothing sticks. They find ways to make money and to stay on top like no other sporting organization that exists out there. We've got some college sports news to get to. We'll do that after a quick timeout as we get ready to wrap this episode up. Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, Turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. Once again, that's 414-250-8605. Find out more at SewerNinjas.com. All right, let's get into some college sports here as we wrap things up on this episode. First of all, let's make it local in that we've had two teams, two football teams, in the WEAC conference at the Division Three level, hire football coaches of note. At the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, Rob Erickson has been hired as the 18th coach in program history. Rob, uh, a connection with the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, most recently with South Dakota State, winning a national championship in the last few years as a coach there, so bringing some experience. And speaking of Whitewater, Jace Rindall becomes the next head coach at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater after the retirement of Kevin Bullis. So Jace will be joining us, shameless plug, 820 Saturday morning on the Journey House College Sports Show powered by Waterstone Bank and presented by Sewer Ninjas on 97.3 The Game. So we'll get to talk with the newly hired coach for the Warhawks, one of the preeminent powers at the Division Three level when we're talking about college football. Now, before we get into basketball, I do want to say this real quick. So this past Sunday, on the women's side, as far as college basketball goes, it was South Carolina and UConn, now two preeminent powers uh, within women's basketball going at it. Great game. And I got to thinking about how women's basketball has evolved over the last 10, 15, 20, even 25 years, how it has grown in popularity, how the game has grown. Because we're obviously, since the inception of Title IX, women having more opportunity. We've seen the growth in the game, the skill set, the whole nine yards. But what caught my attention 
at least as I was watching the game, is I was thinking back when Pat Summit was the coach at Tennessee and all the good players went to Tennessee, right? She had, in essence, an, um, a bit of a monopoly. And Tennessee was the preeminent power when we talked about women's college basketball. And then Gino Ariyama came in with UConn, and he started taking some of those players away, and we started to have that rivalry, and we had those two teams. Well, now when we think about college basketball on the women's side, we still think about UConn. Tennessee hasn't necessarily performed to the same level that they've had under Pat Summit, but they're still respectable. And then you bring in a South Carolina, which is kind of the bully on the block right now, or Baylor. And what I'm getting at is with expansion, you now have more teams. You don't just have that powerhouse in Tennessee. You have more teams that are competing at a higher level that have now the ability to potentially win a national championship. And isn't that what we're looking for now in college football? We've had the bullies on the block, right? We've had Ohio State, Alabama. You might be able to throw Clemson in there, now Georgia. We've had those those universities that have been able to grasp all of the power, all of the four- and five-star athletes into their program and create these little dynasties that when the regular season comes to a conclusion in college football, we pretty much have a know of who the top three are going to be, and then every once in a while, like this year, you get a TCU that grabs that fourth spot. But with college football expansion – I think we're going to see it won't happen overnight. As I've said, it'll take a little bit. We're going to see the talent level dispersing a little bit. And when it disperses a little bit, you're going to see, at least in my opinion, some parallels with college football to what we've seen in women's college basketball, meaning more teams with an opportunity to get a national championship under their belt then I think it's going to be a good thing. Now, I don't think there's been some talk now about college basketball on the men's side expanding, expanding excuse me, into 70-plus teams. You can stop. You can reduce the men's tournament back to 64. I mean, there still has to be a limit. We can't just let everybody in. If you let everybody in the regular season, which for some is already somewhat meaningless, will render itself useless. And that still is a money driver for many teams. So to expand it to even 74, whatever the talk has been, stop. Just be done with that. You're, you're sitting fine where you are, and I think I could make an argument that you could go back to 64 because those first-round games, which many of us still talk about as being play-in games, Dayton, Ohio, bless your hearts, but not really interested in – in watching those, it's it's that Thursday that really kicks things off. But again, the expansion, I think, as we've seen now, the evolution of women's basketball, I think we're going to see that same type of evolution when we speak of college football. Around the state, last night a tough one for Marquette, who had risen to number 10 in the national rankings on the road Taking on UConn, UConn ranked 21 in the country just from the get-go, had Marquette's number. Marquette battled battled vehemently trying to get back into that thing and never could, losing 87-72. to 72. It's been a rough week for college basketball. We kind of came off the high last week. 
UWM with a big road win. They're tied for first place in the horizon. They fall now playing at home to Green Bay. Green Bay has been atrocious this year, and, and Green Bay comes into Panther Arena and gets the win. We see Wisconsin fall to Northwestern. I got to be honest with, with you at this point, I don't need Wisconsin in the tournament. I don't need Wisconsin to get on a roll here in the month of February because the way this team is compiled right now, there's no depth. This team is shell-shocked. No one, The confidence has just been lost. You can tell in their shooting that this team needs to get to a conclusion. They need to get through however they're going to do in the Big Ten tournament and then just wrap it up and hopefully regroup. I am not on the bandwagon about firing Greg Gard. He is an incredible coach. I am on the bandwagon, though, that somebody on the basketball wing of that athletic department has got to figure out a better way to recruit because the depth on this team is not good. And we've seen it time and time again the other week where Greg Gard only went three deep into his bench. They collectively got two points, an assist, no rebounds. no There was nothing there. And you only went three deep into your bench meaning that you couldn't go any further and the three that you brought off the bench couldn't produce for you. So the talent pool at Wisconsin needs to increase considerably and the pressure has to be on because of what Luke Fickle is doing on the football side. And we're celebrating Luke Fickle right now. Hasn't coached a down yet, but what we're seeing on the football side of things is the talent level increasing. And I think for the basketball program, Keeping Greg Gard, A, is a must, but B, putting somebody on that staff who can recruit like Luke Fickle and his staff is doing on the football side. I think that's going to be very important because I don't want to hear about it's very tough to get into Wisconsin. We've heard that forever, and yet now Luke Fickle is tearing up the recruiting trail and bringing all kinds of young men in to play football. They're finding a way that they're passing their entrance exams or their grades are good enough within the transfer portal, whatever the call may be. Let's stop using that as a crutch. The talent pool needs to increase. And for Marquette, it was a tough loss against UConn. I hope this is a blip in the screen. We've seen Marquette over the last few years get themselves into a position come February, early March, where they kind of slide off the face of the earth, where they peak end of January, February, and then they look tired and they don't perform well going down the stretch into the Big East tournament or if they make it into March Madness, doing well in that first round. This team has been exceptional this year. They are worthy of that number 10 ranking. And I know they lost to UConn. UConn is a tenacious team. They lost to UConn at their place. That's the season split. They each won at home. UConn is formidable. So it's not as if Marquette is overrated. They absolutely earned that top 10 ranking. Now let's just hope that what took place last night at UConn was simply a blip in the screen, that they can regain their mojo a little bit and have that swagger heading down the back end of the regular season, heading into the Big East tournament. And then we just finally need a first-round win by the Marquette Golden Eagles so we can begin to really, really dream about what could be 
with this team under Shaka Smart. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks, as always, for logging in. We do appreciate it. I'm Don Wachillis. Have yourself a great week. Next time we get back on here for another episode, we'll seriously take a peek at this upcoming Super Bowl. Can we say Super Bowl? The big game um, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. 